For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. With your host Andrew Donaldson, this is Hard Tell. Ah, uh, welcome back to Hard Tell. He's back, uh, our buddy. Anytime we have uh, culture and politics stuff start to spill over from the sports world, he is our go-to. Uh, he is the host of the very good Triple Zeros podcast. You need to check it out. He's also a writer all over the place. He is an expert and follower of teams in Chicago and Atlanta, for which we pity and sympathize with him. How are you, Just Buck Coulter? We appreciate you coming back, buddy. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Oh, fantastic. Um, okay, so last time I talked to you, been a minute. We were dealing with the John Gruden emails, and you told me, and I heard you, but I guess I wasn't listening because I didn't really process it. Uh, you proffered that a lot of people around the league, the NFL, a lot of people in sports media felt like there was a little bit, not that Gruden didn't deserve what was coming his way for what he did, but they said there's a much bigger problem here. There's some scapegoating here. There's a lot more stuff underneath all this. Boy, howdy, was there more stuff underneath that, and now here it is. Yeah, Um I'm assuming you're alluding to the Brian Flores uh, lawsuit that uh, came yeah, that, out. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, this is it's it's not even that I was proffering anything as much as just the tea leaves. That's what's been happening for a long time. It's been stories that have been done about it on basically yearly. Um, every time we go through the hiring cycle, they they, they bring it up. Um, but this is the first I think we've seen this kind of legal action uh, and would give this kind of attention, especially uh, Flores being a very high profile coach um, in a very high profile cycle and the most connected time. I think we talk about this all the time on um, how connected we are and how much information everybody has at their fingertips. It's just the, 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 the perfect mixture of events for it to be as big of a story as it is right now. Yeah. It felt like at some point there was going to be that guy that blew it up. Is that what it is with the Brian Flores situation? Is, is this the damn break? Is this the guy? Is this the one guy he's like, all right, I'm out of F's to give. I'll take the bullet. Somebody's got to do something here. Is that what this is? Well, it certainly sounds like that. Um, it, he, he's coming off as though he's prepared to go the full run with this and, and, uh, and take it that, that way. He needs people to join him. He's had a couple. Hugh Jackson seemed like he was going to join along with him, but then kind of walked back what his initial statements were. Um, we'll see what his support level is going forward. But as we know, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar entity and is going to take more than one coach who is at this point still doing a lot of it's still a he said he said situation. So um, he needs a lot more support from the inside. He's gotten some vocally. We'll see how much goes when they get when they actually bring this to court. If they bring this to court, by the way. Yeah, and the reason that is, we're talking to Josh Buckholder, the reason you say if is because this is a lawsuit, so you have things like discovery. Uh, there's going to be motions to dismiss. There's going to be fighting over discovery of what can and can't get in there. There'll be settlement offers, I'm sure, that are going to be very big numbers. Uh, then you get into things like non-disclosure agreements, what comes out. This is step 
four of a 600 step process. So I think you're right about that. Let, let's start big picture though. Cause we've talked about this before. The NFL is bigger than sport. Now this is the number one TV show on four channels. This is a multi-billion dollar business. Like you said, there is now numbers that one in four Americans are going to be gambling on the Super Bowl this year. We've all seen the ads. The two components of the Brian Flores story, race and the accusations of losing on purpose, which goes to the gambling side of it. These are two very, very dangerous things for the NFL to be dealing with, even as big and as powerful as they are, isn't it? Oh, these are the ones that undo corporations uh, because they are they're probably uh there's an, an incalculable amount of, of examples where you could say that this is what's happening, proving that it's often harder, but in an era where the, the so much is decided by the court of public opinion rather than actual courts, you can lose your entire face just because of something like this. Now, that's not to say they shouldn't or that there shouldn't be something done. I'm just saying, you know, this is what happens in, in these types of situations. And honestly, the gambling part, it's funny that you bring that up because the gambling part has gotten a bit more run of late than the race part in store in Flores's accusations. And I think that's, that's kind of along the lines of what he's trying to say here, but you know, I guess you just kind of have to go through it as they get through the parts of the, of the, the lawsuit itself. And the reason the gambling one is so bad. Um, I kind of jumped on it when I was like, man, that race thing's ugly, but that gambling thing, uh, the gambling thing, we just talked about it. Uh, the NFL has hitched its wagon to, to pro gambling, to legalize gambling. There's just no doubt about it. The idea that you have owners and coaches throwing games, which is basically what he's alluding here, that um, Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, was offering him money to lose games on purpose. That's an existential threat. Uh, I know we had the CTE stuff, but even beyond, this is a threat to the league uh, regulatory-wise, criminal justice-wise. Like This is a threat to the league, and I suspect they will move very, very quickly to try to get this snuffed out. Well, we know they don't care about legal issues, um, but I will say you're right in that, in that it it ruins their facade, right? Because they want to protect the, uh, the integrity of the shield. That's what they always want to protect. Uh, this calls into question the validity of all the results that we see. Um, I heard it brought up that people still want to believe in what they're watching is real, right? And and we already have seen when you had the betting in basketball with the referee with uh, Tim Donahue, was that name? I, I always forget his name, um, who was gambling on the games. You have uh, 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 Pete Rose can't get into the Hall of Fame in baseball for gambling. The, NBA, the NFL is something at this scale where an owner is paying out and, and dictating to not win games. That's something that, A, would probably lead to his removal, uh, and then B would severely hurt what you just said has become a dominant force in our in our every week. It took away church. It took away church's day. Right. So, I, I mean, this is huge. This is this is I guess some say it's probably before the fall, because, like I said, they don't really care about the legal issue, but they care more about what people will think about them because of this than they do about that, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think, um, unlike some of the other issues where they've been able to just move on from them, I think they're going to have to have a head to deal with the gambling issue. Somebody's going to have to go on a pike here. Is that going to be Ross? Is that going to be Flores? Is this going to be some underling, a GM or assistant GM? Who do you think is going to get the blame for this? Because that, again, that's something that can wreck your whole league, no matter how powerful you are. We, you know, we have, we've had college basketball scandals with that. We've had baseball scandals like P. Rose. If that comes out in the NFL and they don't squash that really quick, I think that could be major, major trouble for them. So who's going to get the bullet for that, do you think? Uh, unfortunately, I think it ends up being Flores, and here's why. 
uh, they have said that the financial aspect should be the easiest part to prove. So if that's the case, then it's a, it's probably a done deal for him. He's probably got he's he's good in his in his side. But if that part is is problematic for him to prove in court that he was offered money for for you know losing games, that calls into question the entire rest of the of the lawsuit. And we already know we've already seen in the past how difficult it is for coaches and individuals in, in particular in the workforce to prove allegations of racism and and, and uh, prejudice. So I think that a lot hinges on the gambling part. So while I'll say why I said that it's gotten a lot more attention, it's probably the way he kind of needs it to go because that's so much of the lawsuit is going to hinge on that because the NFL cares about the, uh, the appearances and the rest of us care about the legal side of it. So, it's this is this is only the beginning of what's gonna probably go on for a long time unless they do handle out the hand out those large large amounts of money uh behind closed doors yeah talking to josh buckholder here's my theory on it i think the gambling part of it was his doomsday file for when they put him out the door and and shut him out when that all broke down the belichick thing the the text messages all that I think that was his doomsday file. He's like, all right, I'm going all in on this, and this is my weapon to protect myself where I'm taking somebody with me, and they at least can't just dismiss me out of hand and blackball me out without any kind of fight whatsoever. That's just an assumption, but I think it's probably a good one. It is. The only reason I would only push back I would offer against that is that he was a hot coaching candidate. So even yeah. if he was pushed out the door there, it's not like he would be out the door and on his, on, on his behind for long. Um, also, this is a, almost like a, a final move, right? This is almost like something that you might not come back from, a la Colin Kaepernick. When you go after the league, it's very hard to get yourself back in. And on top of that, he went, and I don't, they keep saying that he went after Belichick or he exposed Belichick. I think Belichick was just kind of a useful pawn in this whole thing, but even still, that's probably not going to look good in Belichick's eyes. And so now you have one of the larger figures in the game, probably not necessarily in your corner anymore, on top of the entire NFL looking at you with a side eye, again, at a time where you were a hot candidate. So that's where I, it's it's so tricky because he's still been a candidate for jobs, even with this happening, but he also has been passed, has been passed up for a couple of spots. So as I always say, because I am the anti-hot take sports take person, um, we have to wait and see what happens. But it's it's fascinating how much how quickly this all has escalated. How ironic, maybe that ain't the right term for it, but how ironic is that the, the thing that lit this fuse was Bill Belichick actually trying to be personable to another human being? Well, by all accounts, he's a nice guy off the field. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I know this, the, the public persona with the press isn't completely horrible, but I mean, if you were writing I, that as a script in a movie, they'd throw it out and be like, nah, that's, that's not what would kick something like that off. Mine would be, my headline would be, Bill Belichick doesn't know his personnel because he sent it to the wrong Brian. Yeah, that, that to me is the biggest flub of not that he said it, not that he was trying, just that he sent it to the wrong Bill Belichick of all the task master himself of all people. Mr. Attention to detail. Exactly. Yeah. KYP. Know your personnel. <laughs> yeah. Meaning Brian Diebold, who got a different job, different coach. Um, talking to Josh Buckholder. We're going to keep talking about this because we're going to get in back into the racial aspect of it. The other accusations that Flores has brought up. Uh, it comes. This is this is becoming a long running problem with the league. It's not going to go away. This isn't going to help. We'll be back with Josh Buckholder on Hertel right after this. Uh, welcome back to Hertel. Josh Buckholter is illuminating us with his non hot take hot takes. His speciality. He's a good guy. Make sure you're following him on the Twitter and wherever he writes and his triple zero podcast, which is excellent. 
he does good work. Okay, the gambling stuff has come larger lately, but when this first came out, it was framed as uh, the race issue, the lack. We have a majority-minority league. Uh, Seventy-some-odd percent of the players are black. Uh, there are zero majority owners. There's only a handful of head coaches. The optics of this have been bad for a very, very long time. Then you had the Brian Flores situation raised up, and then you had, and let's just call it what it is, you had seven straight kind of interchangeable white coaches hired right in quick succession right after that. We talked about the legal part. Optics-wise, how bad is this right now? Because I don't think they could have scheduled it to be any worse than what it played out, could they? No, and that's what makes it all so fascinating to me is that Flores has momentum on his side that wasn't all of his own doing. Um, And then to have the Lovey Smith pivot out in Houston is kind of just like the cherry on top because they were all set by all accounts to hire Josh McCown to be their head coach coming from his high school, his son's high school football team to be their head coach. Uh, They pivot to Lovey Smith and just want to take a quick moment to say, let's not slander Lovey Smith to, to, to point out the flaws in their methods out in Houston. I think that's been a little bit overdone, but um, Lovey's my guy. Um, but I, I just feel like it's a, a perfect, like I said before, a perfect confluence of events for Flores and that it's all under the spotlight. The gambling thing brought the attention to it. Now we're all paying attention to, paying attention to it again, but it's been brought up before. There's been attention on it before, and that's why I said it's so important for Flores to get some kind of backing from those who are inside the league right now from him. Now, we've seen some more more uh, assistants speak up. They have to be willing to do that when it becomes time to say it in front of a, a judge. Yeah, I'm talking to Josh Bellcalder. All right, you went there, so I'll just straight ask you. Uh, you're, you do beat reporting. You have contacts. You talk to people. The Lovey Smith thing, everybody respects him as a coach, and he's a great man uh, by all accounts. Everybody loves Lovey on a personal level. Was there a phone call involved down to Houston of, hey, this, this needs to happen, or what do you think happened there? Not privy to any conversations in that regard, but it's highly suspicious, I guess. Again, remember, like I said, so much now is has seemingly been dictated by the court of public opinion and yeah. optics, and they went from – wooing Josh McCown out of and wanting other teams to also want to woo Josh McCown to all of a sudden hiring Lovey Smith, who's been in house the entire time, but the, the interest in him had not been previously reported. That's what makes it seem so iffy on top of all the other stuff that's going on with Houston. Again, Houston is a microcosm of the NFL and just that it was a perfect sequence of events that led up to this moment that now helps the Brian Flores situation for the NFL at large. Like it's, it's crazy how much, that is going on. They still have to deal with Deshaun Watson. Like there's, there's so, so I don't, I don't know if they're, if they are so much trying to pivot to uh, abide by the Rooney rule in that part, as much as they are not trying to hire Josh McCown right now, you can get Lovey Smith in there and he can groom McCown to be the next guy. So I don't know if it's trying to hire, you know, to satisfy, to satiate that crowd as much as, okay, we won't, we won't hire McCown right now. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And it brings up another point I want to ask you because, you know, we're in the narrative business. We're in the storytelling business. I do politics, you do sports, but sports is just like politics. When you go to write a story, you got to have a headline, you got to have a hook, you got to have your SEO. Sometimes are we too, and I understand there's prejudices in the racial element. Is some of this just some rank incompetence because we're turning over a fifth of the league's coaches every year? The coaching process isn't exactly going swimmingly anyway. So is some of this just rank incompetence, even though we have these billion dollar teams and these billion dollar businesses, 
they're just not very good at picking coaches. And then you start putting a little bit of bias or historical prejudice or whatever else you want to call on it. It just makes it even more glaring. Are we missing that portion of this as well? We are. Um, when you look at other leagues, the NBA is often compared because how large of a, of a uh, black coach population that they have. When you look at the major, when you look at Major League Baseball, they've had similar issues as the NFL with their managers haven't always been representative of their player base. So when you look at the NFL and how many times this has been brought up, I think that's where the difference is. It's been brought up more in the NFL than any other league, obviously, because the NFL has kind of fixed this issue and the MLB just kind of does what it wants to do. It doesn't really care about anybody's concerns for it. That people are kind of honed in now, I think, is what makes it unique. Like I said, it, it all to me is is boiling down to how many things are happening at the same time because you have all this attention on it because you have what's happening in Houston because you have the league turning over so many coaches and still not bringing in the coaches that people are bringing are talking about right that's why it it just it makes this seem different than other times well again I think it still all will hinge on who else he can get to corroborate his evidence that gambling aspect of it not blowing a complete hole in his his the rest of it and how far Flores is truly willing to take it before there gets any resolve. Because as we saw with the Kaepernick situation, once they got behind closed doors, a settlement was reached and that kind of, that story has kind of just become a punchline at this point. So people are overlooking it, but I it's, it's almost kind of going by design. Yeah. And I don't think Flores is going to get a, a major Nike contract like Kaepernick gets to fall back on also. Uh, let me put it to you this way, because here's where this kind of bothers me. And some people might say this is unrelated, but it's how the NFL does business. It wasn't that long ago, eight, nine years ago, where football was dying. It was in trouble and little boys were going to stop playing football because their moms weren't going to allow it because of CTE and concussions. The NFL moved quickly. They changed a lot of rules. They've completely changed how the offensive game is played based off of concussions and hits. And that issue's pretty much gone away. This is a league that is reactive. They can fix stuff fast when they want to. But that, to me, also makes it glaring of we have this known issue and there is no fix other than the Rooney rule, which you can argue was no doubt well-intentioned, but it kind of made everything worse and brought it to a head. That just glares to me like, hey, they can fix stuff fast when they want to. Is this an impetus to where they do one of those things where they're like, okay, we finally have to fix this. Let's fix it and make it go away and move on with the game. That, unfortunately, I think that would only come about if there is a hit to the bottom line. Um, if that was the case, I think that we would have seen something like that with the Kaepernick situation. Now, you could say that their their settlement is is that in, you know is taking care of it, but what you're talking about is something that is also pleasing to the eye. And I don't know if we'll see that here. Um, I, th th again, unless there is some kind of big hit to them, I don't see them having any reason to do anything different than what they have done. Uh, unfortunately, because so many of the owners look alike, there is even less chance of somebody speaking up in Flores' favor. I've always said, though, it's a pipeline issue and not necessarily the selection issue. You got to give them more than I, and, and, and I don't want to diminish the impact of people who are making that choice. Make the right choice. We also have to do more to get more black coaches in position to succeed in that realm. Um, I think as a John Thompson coach, uh, the, the Hoyas legendary basketball coach, 
he always talked about when he brought up issues of equality. He said, until I'm given the right to fail like everybody else, then we're not really equal here. Um, and he took it that angle. When you look at it, the other thing that bothers people with this coaching thing is you have what they call the retreads, which is probably a little harsh. You have mediocre coaches getting second opportunities, third opportunities, and the coaches of color are not getting those opportunities. Is that part of this pipeline thing you're talking about of like, look, it, it's almost like a rotation. And until you get half a dozen or a dozen guys in that rotation of those interviews, this, this just ain't going to change no matter what policy you bring into effect. And that's exactly why I said, let's pause on, on slandering Lovey Smith. Uh, let's not forget Lovey Smith. And I'm, I'm going to drill down on this because it's, it exemplifies what I'm talking about. Lovey Smith took uh, the bears to the super bowl with Rex Grossman as his quarterback. Okay. Uh, Lovey Smith then went on to, he's got a winning record still in bears history. Got fired on the losing season. I'm not going to, and three and three in the postseason with the bears. I'm not going to try to act like he was, he was great, but let's not act like anything since him has been any better. He went down to Tampa and that was a complete mess. Uh, they did end up with Jameis Winston, who had a good seasons for them. Whatever. They built the core that they have now started with, with Lovey Smith. Um, I will say that he did not have great quarterback play there. That is a theme that is also along with the, with the black coaches not getting a chance to fail. That failure often leads to those star quarterbacks, and those star quarterbacks are what takes you to the, to the, to the, the promised land, right? It's not a secret in the NFL. Everybody knows what the most important position is. The amount of black coaches that have gotten a chance with that quarterback pales in comparison to those of, of coaches of other of other ethnicities. And that is where the issue comes up, because if you can't have a chance to go through the, the downtimes and then get to see the prosper, you know, the next guy gets all the credit. But you were down there like that's I think that's where Hugh Jackson's issue was. He was down there doing all the dirty work. Now, he was a special case because I don't think he was great anyway. But the point remains that. You have to be able to I – would, I would like to see those coaches get chances with those quarterbacks as well. And that's why I say you need to have more coaches in that side of the ball so they can't give them that whole, oh, well, that, that guy can't coach a quarterback. We need an offensive coach. Okay, let's get some more black quarterbacks who they don't want to have as quarterbacks anyway be coordinators and call for those, for those uh, players and be able to, be, to, to step into those roles. Yeah. Talking to Josh Buckhalter, we always bring him in when culture and politics and sports collides, which keeps, seems to keep happening. Uh, way to put a bow on this. Um, we're having a debate over the Supreme Court pick right now because President Biden promised to get a black woman. Uh, people were trying to raise an issue with that. And my point of that was like, well, your argument would hold sand if there was no unqualified black judges to bring on that were women. And we have a good long list of those. We have a lot. It seems like a lot of young black coaches coming up in the NFL ranks that are either holding themselves back or aren't getting a run. I'm talking about like the Byron left, which is the Eric, the enemies, these people. Do you think they're hesitant because of the Flores situation and they're just kind of stepping back and waiting to see what happens? Or do you think that they're kind of getting pushed to the side because everybody else is waiting to see what happens? Because it sure seemed like they were all lined up for jobs and then just nothing happened. That can't be coincidental, right? Left, which I believe was because of Trent Balky, the general manager down in Jacksonville. So that's a unique situation. And I'm a left, which guy, by the way, all the way back to Marshall, because I'm a West Virginia guy. I have no problem with him not going to Jacksonville. I want him to get a chance, just not <laughs> there. So just bias on the table, my friend. No, that's fair. And that's fair. I just would love to see it for, for nostalgia's sake. Um, but I get what you're, what you're talking about, because, yeah. Um, and then with the enemy, he's been passed over a few times now. I think he has some of that Matt Nagy stank on him. His own past has, has brought up some flags. So that's also a unique situation. But there are coaches who are hesitant to even go out into the process for fear of 
getting passed over just because they're a token interview. And then that being held against them the next time around, because, oh, man, this that this guy didn't get hired. Uh, maybe he's not really worthy candidate. And to the point of th- that, the whole argument is those coaches don't often get the chance to come back into the hiring cycle. Raheem, uh, Raheem Morris, I want to say his name was the coach who, te- who came after uh, Tony Dungy down in Tampa Bay. Haven't heard much from him since. Um, Mike Tomlin, I think is one of the few coaches who became like, who went from relatively unknown, got raised to a prominent role, but look where he is. He's in a uh, situation where they don't do that. And th- it's the, the origins of the Rooney rule. That's why he's still in a position that he's in today. It's, it's, a problem that's existed for a long time, one that's been brought up before. I, I, I just hope that it does bring some change, but I don't know if it will unless there's a, an effect to the bottom line. And is that why for probably for the black coaches and the coaches of color and other ethnicities for that matter that may be coming up, is that why the Belichick thing is probably the most freezing thing for them because that just proved all their fears of, yeah, there's a network we're not privy to that knew things that we didn't know. I mean, that's just the basic human thing. And any, anybody's ever had a job or gone for a job interview, you know how that feels because a lot of people been there like, hey, this this was settled before I ever walked in the room. And that can be a good feeling for them on any level. And then you put the racial stuff on top of it. It's just got to make it worse, right? Well, and then it also lends to the image aspect for the league because now you have back channel things being discussed and probably deals being worked out that they have long denied have happened. And it just it's all, again, that perfect confluence of events. Josh Buckhalter, we love having him on. He gets right to it. He does great work. Let folks know where they can find you and what you got going on, my friends, so we can get your follower count up because you are criminally underfollowed on all your platforms. You do good work, sir. Let them know where to find you. I appreciate that. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Uh, read the stuff, Soaring Down South. Last Road on Pro Football and Pimping Ain't Easy. And uh, actually, for Soaring Down South right now, we are heavy into the trade win stuff, talking about the the deal that just went down today with C.J. McCollum and, uh, and and going to New Orleans. So just follow me there, and I'll try to keep you apprised of all the, the breaking news. Yeah, he does good work. Uh, we're going to keep having you back anytime some of these sports issues come up on culture and politics because you do great work, and you're not hot take, hot takes. You're right up my alley, buddy. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for having me on always. Anytime. We'll have you back soon, sir. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.